0: <laughs> why does everything hurt wait this is this is an intro what are we doing what are we talking about
1: autism on shit.
0: oh <clears throat> welcome everybody we're only this weird
1: just a little <laughs> this week we are talking to kim hi kim hello
0: hi, hi welcome
1: thanks for coming on thank you for having me kim spent 10 years at Microsoft as a program manager um, doing tech work, and we're going to learn uh, about that and then um, how Kim is changing her life for the better now. So thanks Trans- so much.
0: Yeah, transitioning into some uh, health, mental health advocacy. Isn't that right?
1: Yes, exactly. Yes,
2: uh, spent ten years in tech and now transitioning, transitioning out out of that. We can kind of talk about how that happened and why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do that. We um, start. Yeah, let's start with um, what What did you do at Microsoft, and, and how did that yeah. look? What What is a program manager? Um, it's It's a title that
2: actually kind of doesn't exist a whole lot of places, um, but it's it's a. A blend, kind of, between product management and project management. Okay. Um, so I did everything from the very beginning of feature development, you know, market research, figuring out what we wanted to create, um, to actually designing, kind of, you know, software. So what features are going to go into our software? What is that going to look like? And then working with our development teams, our engineering teams, and actually building that, keeping the you know schedule timeline, and then bringing it to market, getting customer feedback, and starting the whole cycle, you know, kind of over again. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of product development and then project management.
0: Nice. It sounds like fun. It sounds like a lot of good stuff in there.
2: Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, I I, I did it for 10 years, and part of that was that it was... You you mentioned fun, and it's fun in two ways, both in that it's creative. There's a lot of, you know, What are we gonna do? Coming up with new ideas. How do we solve this problem? Um, And then there's also kind of the different everyday aspect of it. It 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 certainly didn't get um, boring or particularly
0: routine. Being creative. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Very cool. So so what was your what were your favorite parts about doing that work? Um, It it could be as like as small as tasks or as large as um, you know. So so one thing
2: um, that kind of happened with a lot of the program managers is, you know, because it's such a broad role, um, people started finding like their little niche of of what are they particularly good at? Um, And one thing I was kind of good at and a little bit known for was this idea of like organizing chaos. And I think that's where my autistic side really loved coming in. because people would kind of sometimes dump these projects on my plate and be like, okay, what's the timeline for this? What are we trying to deliver or, you know, who's working on this project? And you just get a lot of blank stares. And my brain that's good at like finding patterns and filling in the blanks was like, all right, we got this. Like we're gonna track down all these pieces of information and fill in this giant table.
0: Nice. I love it. Yeah, that sounds a lot like you Pattern.
1: Oh, yeah. Pattern yeah. finding. Yeah. Mine cool. was more in production processing as opposed to like, um, you know, project
0: wise. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So was yeah, there like parts kind of it that you uh, that you didn't like as much that you had to deal with?
2: Yeah. I mean, some of the parts, to be honest, some of the parts I like the most are also parts that were the hardest to deal with. Um, uh, you know, I mentioned that I, I liked it being different every day. You know, that's, that's nice for my ADHD side, the creativity side. Um, but there's also, you know, some days you want to do the same thing and not have, you know, a new, new fire come up that you're constantly kind of putting out. Um, so there was, you know, there was a lot of go, go, go. There wasn't a whole lot of you're doing the same thing you did last week and you just have to keep on doing it. Um, there was a lot of self-directedness like we had a lot of independence you can imagine you know in a role like I had where you're touching so many different parts to have to you know report to a single person should I do this should I do this you know what do I do next would kind of make the role impossible so you have a lot of freedom to kind of figure out what you're doing, which is great, and then, you know, also is not great when you're on one of those days where you're like, uh, brain brain, no work, yeah.
1: so,
0: <laughs> so what now? Oh, yeah. is there days that aren't like that? I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is this thing on? Yeah. Hey, watch it. <laughs> so...
1: Um, so how did you get there? Where did you, um, I mean, did you go to school specifically for that or did you find no, yourself there in some way? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> oh, all
0: <right.
2: laughs> I, I went to school to study genetics. I did, I did go to college. Um, I went to school wanting to study genetics. I have a degree in bioengineering
1: Cool. Um, wow.
2: Along along the way to that degree, I learned that a lot of genetics research these days is actually very computing based. They're running algorithms to figure out, you know, how the the genetic code matches up. And so I was like, I'll get a CS minor, and then I kind of got distracted with the computer science minor, and um, it really was a right place at the right time thing. I was helping an organization. Run a conference because again this organizing thing. I was yeah. like, I'll I'll figure out where people go and you know the timeline for this event. And Microsoft was sponsoring the conference, and they, I guess, were very impressed with my organizational skills, which um, in in certain capacities are indeed top notch. Oh, um, nice. Other capacities, not so much. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I the the recruiter. Really enjoyed what I was doing, and so I was offered an interview. And, um, yeah,
1: wow. how cool is
0: that? The, you, that's got to
1: feel nice, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hey, uh, uh, I don't know you, but you're doing an awesome job, come work for me,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and and to be honest, like knowing knowing how I interview at this point in time, um, it probably was a really good idea that someone you know reached out to me first because um, I'm 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 not I, I at one point tried to switch teams internally at the company. Um, I mentioned I stayed there for a while, but I did try to switch teams, and so there was some internal interviewing, and I. Um, I spent the interview complaining about my current team oh, no. <laughs> because, you know, I I was under the impression that they wanted honesty and that I could tell them about all the improvements that I could bring, ah. um, but it turns out when all you talk about is how bad everyone else is at their job, people do not want to work with you. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah. Learning experience, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Noted. So I I feel really lucky that um uh, I kind of was in the right place at the right time and didn't didn't do so much of the searching on my own because I'm I'm not sure how well that would have gone.
0: So was that yeah, Ad- was that? In- oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: I was gonna say, you know, Adam is is that type of person, always always the best at what he does. No matter where he's been, he always is like. Top of the of the thing, but he not great in the interview. Such just kind of like the this nervous being, test nice. taking, yeah. But <laughs> but his most um, successful. Jobs have come from someone kind of reaching in and saying, you're doing really good at what you're doing. Come come yeah. over on my team, you know?
0: If I had to interview, usually I don't get the job, you know? I mean, there's been yeah. many times. I mean, but there was an internal one, and it's funny. It's like if I had left somewhere, uh, I'd come back at, like, a different place doing the same thing, making more money, you know, because I was like, <laughs> they're like, oh, I remember you. Come on over here. I was like, whew. Or, <laughs> yeah. or, or the interview would be like, um this isn't really an interview. This is just, you know, what are they what we're are they, checking yeah. the box. Yeah, yeah. Checking, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of interview."
2: <laughs> yeah, I find that one thing I've I've run into a lot of neurodivergent people is this really uh, like spiky cognitive profile where there are certain things you're really good at and you're in your element and there are other things where it's not it's not your element just just to put it Put it that way. And, um, you know, I had the same thing, even not interviewing, but just hopping projects. I didn't yeah. work on the same project the whole time I was working. You know, there are projects that went extraordinarily well, and people who, you know, were on the outside of those projects or somehow related to those projects were like, wow, Kim is a superstar. We want her on our team. Um, And then, you know, I'd be on a different project with different people or just not the right fit. And all of a sudden, you know, you asked earlier, what are some of the, you know, more negative things about the job? And there definitely is this layer of more subtle politics where it's about those social skills and it's about the, you know, did you talk to the person the right way or, Mm -hmm. you know, did you ask the person... A question, even though you already knew the answer, but you had to ask the question the right way, you know, first or whatever. And, you know, and then I'd end up in those situations. I'd be like, Kim does not know what she's doing. Like, why do you have her on this
0: project? I <laughs> um,
2: but, yeah, I've always felt like I didn't realize social very... skills
0: had to do with uh, whether the project got done right or not.
2: You know... You know, I always, I always felt that way. Um, but I, at some point, I think, I think it took me about halfway through my career. I, you know, had I completely agreed with you. The like, I'm doing a good job. Why does it matter if everyone likes me? If I'm doing a good job, um, and and at some point realized that I could actually do a much better job if people liked me. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, kind of. Yeah. Very, yes. I totally uh.
0: understand the diplomacy of the workplace, and that's something I actually have, you know, like, sociology, you know, is, like, something I, uh, you know, I've really dug into, and so, like, that's the kind of stuff, I mean, I'm really good at that, but I also I also work in the middle of the night, so I don't have to do it all the time, where I can, <laughs> and I can go, and I go to, from account to account, so for me, I can have 10 minutes with this person and 10 minutes with this and move on if I'm not feeling it, you know, or if I am, yeah. then I go for it. You know, it's just how, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's work.
1: You know, what's yep. funny, and, and and it totally goes back to what you said about that spiky cognitive profile. I love the way you said that because yeah. it's so true. Like, uh, inter- okay, back to the interview thing. I ace every interview I have ever been given. Mm-hmm. It Mm -hmm. is such a formulaic conversation. I know what they want to hear. I know how they want to hear it. I know how to say it. It makes me seem like a conversationalist. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. does. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But I just know the formula of an interview. So, I mean, I've never had an interview where I wasn't hired. Um, I just, and then I get into the environment and then it's like, oh, I I thought you were a good talker. I thought you... (laughs) You know, like shoot the shit with me, and that's not happening. <laughs>
0: <It's>
2: not <laughs> to <not laughs> yeah. that structure.
0: Yeah. Oh man.
1: And you're like the opposite. Like you, you know, you you flub in the interview, but when you get in there, like everybody likes you.
0: So don't be like us. Yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of the story.
1: <laughs> I think that's the moral of this entire podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've decided I'm just going to work for myself from here on out so I can skip the whole interviewing stage entirely. Brilliant. Nice. Right?
1: Love it.
0: But if you're doing uh, advocacy, are you yeah. going to... like? Uh, if you see yourself in the future, does the business grow to where you would have to interview other people?
2: Oh, man, Um, I hope not. I don't do I do I have to involve other people?
0: Um, No, no, absolutely not. I love it. I it. I think
2: I I think I could interview people if it came down to it. I honestly I think the biggest thing is if people feel safe in their work environment and safe with you, you can figure out how to make them like a successful worker like i feel like where things broke down was where you know i was afraid to communicate my needs or you know people didn't understand like why is this not working
0: yeah
2: um and so yeah if if i if i can keep open lines of communication i feel like i'd be able to hire people at some point god that's like
0: 75 percent of the problems in any workplace i would imagine you know so i can definitely see that yeah um
1: can i ask at what point in your microsoft career did you um did you learn about your autism did you uh i didn't i
2: didn't i oh. didn't learn about autism while i was working at microsoft um i got my bipolar i'm i'm also bipolar i have bipolar disorder um i got my bipolar diagnosis while i worked at uh, microsoft um but i did not get my autism diagnosis until i burned out okay. um, and uh had had quit my job um I also had an ADHD diagnosis from college, so okay. knew there was stuff going on with my brain. Um, didn't quite have all the pieces yeah. uh, figured out, I guess I would say.
1: That makes sense. So th- that I-, I can see that leading to burnout, especially with like all of the all of the s- tasks and requirements of you on a job like that.
2: Yeah, and we kind of mentioned, you know, that uh, you know you are talking about how there are these tasks that you can do you've learned how to do you know the social scripts but it's it's work to do it every day it's work to do that every day it's work to do the changing tasks day to day it's work to do the oh shoot i said the wrong thing in this meeting and now i have to go clean that up and like while i'm cleaning that up hopefully i don't say the wrong thing again (laughs) right right? Um, and you know we kind of briefly mentioned the communication thing, but I think not knowing I was autistic, I didn't know, I didn't know how to communicate like, I don't know what this criticism means. be more clear i I can't work these hours, you know I, I need I need breaks in between meetings or you know what what do I need to work successfully? Um, we we talked a little bit about how. When you come into something with mental health conditions, there's a lot of, um, you know, well, go to therapy and learn your coping skills and you'll be able to to figure it out and handle it and live a successful life. And that was what I spent a lot of my time at Microsoft doing, assuming that if I just tried hard enough, I would start having an easier time of it. Right. Um, And it turns out that's not how it works not really with mental mental illness either, but also no. particularly with autism, you know, you you burn out when you keep trying at something that you can't actually do.
0: Right. Yeah. So was the burnout kind of I mean, was that that what led you to the diagnosis then for autism? Yeah.
1: Um
0: kind of
2: kind of in a, a bit of a roundabout way, so I um my last couple of years at Microsoft were a little bit rougher, um, you know, started talking with my therapist about, is this the right place for me? Um, started really kind of losing some of the passion for the work that I once did when I got into it, this organizing aspect and this design aspect had a bit of a special interest feel for me, but I had really lost all of that. Mm. Um, and so, it got worse and worse. It got to the point where I wasn't really functioning. I decided to take leave and then quit. And at first, you know, I told my therapist, I'm, you know, I quit in November of 2019. And I told her at the beginning of 2020, I'm going to start looking for a new job. Um, and that was not how burnout worked for me. I needed more than a month and a half. Yeah. And so, you know, COVID kind of hit, which screwed up everything because I have kids too that I was kind of half doing childcare with. Um, But what we realized in 2020 was that um, without the stress of working in my life, being home, um, there were a lot of things that had gotten so much better with my mental health. And there were a lot of things, there were still these pieces that were were missing and, and didn't line up. And so that, that is what led to my autism diagnosis. We had kind of eliminated every other factor and were like, you're still getting really, you know, oversensitive to noises with your kids. And you're still having, you know, structure tr- you know, issues when any routines change or you know like everything changes like you're still not getting along with friends you know having these weird conflicts with friends or people don't understand like this isn't poorly treated bipolar disorder anymore like there's yeah. something else going on
0: that's actually it's actually great like I mean it's so it's so weird like but a lot of people with autism it seems like that we've talked to like as as hard as covid is you know like so many people who ended up staying home it was like things became more clear you know first of all a lot of people who already had diagnosis it was easier you know I mean you're at home in your safe place and everything that you know how to do and set yourself up for whether you knew it or not you know and in your case um to to be able to have the rest of it out of out of your mind you know so that you can concentrate on you and still actually see what's going on i mean it's just things becoming more clear i guess yeah not like my how i just said all that (laughs) (laughs) that was very clear oh was it okay
2: (laughs) i completely agree um covid was terrible in many ways and it also it eliminated so many distractions um in in certain ways that you're kind of left with like Wow. Okay. This this is this is all we've got. Like, what 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 is this? You know, like, what do well? How, how do we make sense of, of what is
1: still here?
0: Yeah. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know what? I love it. That and I don't want to um, I don't want to downplay your experience at all in, in saying this. That's not what I'm up to. But um, that is kind of an uncommon story for uh from from my understanding for women on the spectrum. Um, just. There seems to be a lot of self advocacy that has to happen for like years sometimes for mm. a lot of people to actually get a diagnosis, um, yeah. and and sometimes being dismissed by the medical community and like that. Um, so it's it's nice to hear somebody else who had a, a, an experience similar to mine. Like yeah, I had, about. you know, it was burnout, s- still having problems. What's going on? S- sent me to testing, and they were like, oh yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, you know
2: yeah it was it was really interesting because i i've been working with the same therapist for over seven years now at this point um and so it the idea didn't actually come from her it did come from me there was like there was that bit of self-advocacy but she had kind of given me some homework and when i was trying to answer it and i you know did some internet searching and was like wow i'm i'm autistic but you know as you mentioned I, you know when i went back to her and was like I think I'm autistic. I didn't get that really common pushback that I've heard a lot of, um, you know, women particularly experience. Where no, what? No, you're not. And I know I was terrified to bring it up because like she'd yeah. known me for seven years. She's a mental health professional. Like this <laughs> hadn't come up before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel incredibly lucky that her response was you know, okay, let, let me listen to you and see where you're coming from. Um, and I'm so glad
0: for you. That is, like, I know
1: I'm, uh, i I'm, I'm, I'm not, going to cry.
0: <laughs> no, seriously. And, and it's, <laughs> I mean, just, and, and just knowing that you had to be, you know, like you said, like just afraid to even bring it up is, it's such a, that's so, that sucks to hear that, you know, like even though, you know, it's clearly it sounds like a good therapist, but even, to, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you had that experience, you know, in that sense. Yeah,
2: you, you just, there's, people don't, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't think, you know, I, I've lived with myself for 34 <laughs> years and I didn't think I was autistic until that moment. And I think, I think there's just so much, um, just lack of understanding of really what it can look like in sure. adults. Um, you know, you talk about women in particular, but just adults in general who, you know, have learned how to mask and, you know, yes.
1: uh, Yeah. Just the idea that we have made it to adulthood without having been diagnosed kind of is the, (laughs) is the blanket covering the diagnosis, you know? Right. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It was actually funny. I, um, it's. I I knew I had sensory sensitivities, like that's never been um, unclear to me. Like they're they're very obvious. Um, And so we, you know, my husband and I have made like little jokes about it kind of. And so when I had this revelation, I like, I sat down I read this book in like 10 (laughs) hours and was like, oh my gosh. And I went and I told him, I'm like, I'm autistic. And he's like, yes, have we not? Discussed this before? <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I was like, no, but like, I'm I'm actually autistic, not just like in a joking sense. He's yeah. like, did you not? Did you not know that before? Because I didn't think we were joking. Oh, how before. funny! Oh, wow! <laughs> so some people in my life knew. Apparently, uh, I don't know why they didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> So oh. you
0: really thought you really thought like it was a joke and he was like, Yeah, I knew like or is it just You know you know
2: how you know how people make the um we're all a little bit autistic joke yeah. like, you know, and at at some point you realize like, oh, that's not necessarily actually how it how it works. Um but I think you know, my mind just really hadn't been opened up to the idea that, like, I, I had no picture of autism looking, you know, anything but, yeah. you know, a five-year-old boy, and so yeah for me, it was a, well, yeah, I have the sensory sensitivities, I'm I'm just a little bit autistic, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not the whole picture, um, and then realizing, like, oh, actually, the whole picture looks really different, yeah. and... Yeah.
0: I totally get that. I think that's a lot of our experiences. Yeah. Very similar. In fact, even like you said like the 5-year-old boy, it's like, you know, I feel so I feel like embarrassed but like that's exactly my experience, you know. It's mm-hmm. like this, well, oh, that's not anything like me. You know what I mean? This is this is the picture that I have, you know, in my yeah. head and it's it's a, You want to hear like embarrassing?
1: Said, when the doctor said you you have a little bit of autism, I said, "No, I don't." And then immediately in my head said, because I have empathy.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah it, how, what a horrible thing to, to think. But it's very common, apparently.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And when you when don't know, and it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it, it's, it's funny because it, it's good to say that because there, it, so many of us have that feeling and then you get to know and then you understand like, oh, that's me. Oh, and I've said these same things, you know? And, <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think it becomes it becomes, you know, obviously someone's reaction when you kind of inform them of, you know, maybe don't say it that way. You know, <laughs> right. is, it becomes important. But I think I think it starts becoming a little more understandable when you know people make mistakes with with language or they don't understand something because, well, that's that's what you guys are doing with your podcast. That's why I'm here. That's why I want to do advocacy work because. People don't know, and it's really exactly. easy to make those mistakes when yep.
1: you yeah. t- don't know, right?
0: Yeah, and
1: it's also you know it's it, it's easy to educate too. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, and we're all doing it in our own ways, right? Like almost mm-hmm. everybody we've talked to has has you know advocated in some way, uh, whether it be for <laughs> themselves or their kids or you know um, just. Just learning and teaching the people in their lives—it's it, that's, that's a thing I think that yeah. is important to all of us.
0: Yeah, and we have yeah. to be open to when someone does say something ignorant, so like, you're an idiot. To uh, you know, <laughs> well, hey. I was
1: once an idiot too. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but to, to like, hey, this is my opportunity to help educate, and you know, it's okay. But not exactly like you said, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, all right, so let's talk about. Um, autism's impact on your work life um yep you know there are ways that our brains work that are really awesome and really helpful and then there are ways that are not let's um what does that look like for you when you are at work um so we've talked
2: i mean we've talked a little bit about stuff i was good at within the pattern recognition and the organization i think one other way that it came in was you know my thinking isn't always Linear, or you know, I don't necessarily see things the way other people did. Yeah. So there are often times I, you know, would come up with, you know, a solution to the problem which, you know, wasn't the way things had been done before, um, but was you know there there it, it was both good and bad, right? Because when you come up with something really wacky, people are like, "Why should we try that?" And you're just sitting there like, "No, I I know it's going to work." I I really know it's going to work. I just need you to try it, please. Just yeah. try it. Um, but when it does, you know, when they do try it and it does work, you know, there's there's a lot of those moments where people are kind of like, "Wow, how did you how did you do that?" And you're like, "Well, I saw this little thing from over there, and I made this connection with this group, and like, I really know that person is into doing this kind of thing, and it just I tied all the knots together, and you know uh, that that idea of as you were mentioning in the little break, like uh, figuring out the needs of people and anticipating what someone is going to need where and making sure that you've removed red tape and and barriers before people run into
0: them. You know, you must Um, have been, if I I may interrupt real quick, you must have been a lot better than you even think about like communicating because a lot of people don't even get to get past that part of here's the wacky idea without people just shooting it down and saying like, you know, no, let's move on. It's gotta be like this. And a lot of people had a a very difficult time in in that place. So either you had good people you're working with or you're really good at like pulling it together and communicating how this will work.
2: I think that's something like being able to look at 10 years at the same company, I can really, really see my growth over that time. Um, You know, I think, in the beginning, it would have just been me being really excited, bouncing up and down in the corner, and someone would have been like, <laughs> "Okay, that's not how we do things," you know. Yeah, yeah. As you, <laughs> Calm as down you, over there. <laughs> right, as you point out, and then, you know, even even but going back to the pattern recognition, right? Then you see someone else bring up an idea that's a little wacky, but they bring it up in a way that someone else listens to, and you're like, "Oh, maybe if I maybe if I frame it," you know, with oh, hey, you know, I, I wasn't sure if this was a good, you know, like, yeah. but if, right? Um, once you figure out the wording, you know, that works, you can start again. Yeah. Patterns on top of patterns, you know. Um, See, that's the so. thing I
1: need to learn, I think. I I, I know how I fight having to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to. I should just be able to say, "Hey, look, this is part of my job. Part of my job is to outline how this goes. I say it goes this way. It should go this way."
0: Yep. Like <laughs> you'll learn one day. Ah, no,
1: I
2: won't. No, yeah. won't. and I think I think that exact problem fits into some of the hindrances too. Um, okay. Both, both on the kind of integrity side of. No, I know how this is supposed to go. Why should I do it this way? Like why are we adding an an efficiency, right? Like we just yes. know at this point what should be happening. Why are we adding six layers just for the nicety, yeah, you know, of it. Um and it can be really hard to get that balance of like I need to be direct and clear and get my point across. So again, particularly as a woman in tech, where there is kind of an underrepresentation there. You can't be too nice or people will just walk all over you, yeah. um, but you can't be too direct either. And so that was a balance. I think I was constantly walking and constantly falling on the wrong side of, and I think that is definitely something that um, autism did not help me with, and I think was probably one of the biggest contributors to burnout like yeah. oh. a ton of there was a ton of stress you know just and you know we kind of talked earlier about things changing all the time and it being you know very high impact you know but the the feeling like i was doing it wrong because i would say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time you know or like the work was good but i just delivered it wrong and so suddenly it didn't yeah. matter anymore i think those parts like really ended up crushing when you were just like i don't even know how to do this better though like i did absolutely yeah. everything and then i screwed up the last five percent and now yeah. i get zero credit
0: it's like you're already walking uh. doing it all on a tightrope while like balancing stuff and it's like you're already doing all that so it's like then it's really demoralizing if if you, you one thing falls you're like dude i I did the same thing, you and that's did, the but I was thing on the they Tightrope, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That's, that's right. baloney. Yeah, mm. it's like, yeah.
2: Well, you, but you dropped that that thing at the end, and you like, other that people thing. wouldn't, other people wouldn't have dropped that. You're like, well, other people weren't on a tightrope, and they also were carrying one thing instead of a hundred things. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: yeah, but how do you say that to someone? You know, especially like your you know your boss in a review or whatever. You can't. Right.
2: And especially when you don't when you don't know that that's uh, what it is like, you know, accommodations are difficult to ask for in a workplace. You know, lots of like disclosure, you know, even. But but if you know, like there's one thing, there's one thing that I wish I had more than anything, which one of my last managers, I we got along super well for many years and then something kind of went sour in our relationship and i think what went sour was she tried to deliver feedback to me that i didn't realize was feedback and so i didn't take it Um, and then she tried to deliver it again but at that point she was upset with me having no idea why she was upset because i didn't know there had been any feedback delivered So I reacted really poorly to her upsetness because it seemed like it, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, what are you mad about? Um, Just tell me. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so, you know, I don't don't think it's a, you know, you don't have to tell someone, I'm autistic and I can't do these things and I need major accommodations. What I needed to tell her was, if you have feedback that, like, if I need to change what I'm doing about something I'm doing, like, be super crystal clear. Like, don't...
0: Don't you know, just don't,
2: don't, don't walk. You know, and and I actually had that with one manager. We found we realized there were two problems. One was I didn't know when I was getting feedback that wasn't clear enough. But then if it was delivered in person, I'd get really upset and not be able to hear it and process it well because criticism, rejection, were. Neurodivergent people not always great with those. Yeah. Um, and so I ha- we had this strategy where if she needed to tell me something, she would email it to me. But like super crystal clear, like, hey, the subject of you know, this is feedback needs to be addressed, you know, um, but here it's an email deal with it on your own times. And That's like smart. Right. That wasn't something that I knew I was autistic, it was just something that a good manager worked with me and was like, oh. I need to be direct, but not in a way that kind of scares you. Um, and I think, you know, to, to go back to the very, very, one of the very early questions about, you know, interviewing people or, or hiring my own staff like that, those those are the sorts of things that, you know, if if it got to the point where I am, where I was hiring my own staff, like, I think it's less about finding, you know, that perfect fit in the interview and more about, understanding everyone's needs, letting them feel safe expressing their needs, and then, you know, molding, figuring out what works for everyone to, you know, make it happen. And some of those are creative solutions. But hey, that's, that's the whole point of liking creativity, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The thing I was the thing I was gonna say is when you find people are willing to learn about their job, I think you find they're also willing to learn about themselves and how they work and you know I I've heard the words growth mindset way too many times for them to like really be super meaningful anymore Um, but there's there's something to that where you know if you find if you find that kind of open personality yes they're going to be open to learning about your product they're going to be open to learning about your process they're going to be open to learning about themselves and like oh this doesn't work for me how do i change it to make it work versus this doesn't work for me it doesn't work for me it doesn't work for me i guess it doesn't work for me
0: (laughs) so true
1: yeah i love it um so let's kind of transition into what it is you're doing now and how you got from burnout to here
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, I kind of mentioned the, the end of burnout was both stress but also realizing that I wasn't, wasn't hitting my passions anymore. And so um, when I did decide to take the break, which obviously extended longer um, than I had intended it to, a big part of it wasn't just take a break. It was figure out how I was going to pivot what I wanted to do. Right. Um, because I knew I wanted to work on something that I was more passionate about. And so the first thing I actually did was I started volunteering with uh, NAMI, which is the National Alliance um, on Mental Illness. Okay. Um, so I speak for them. I do some I do some talks, and then I also teach classes for them. I do peer-led um Mental health kind of coping skills and resources classes. That's awesome. And yeah, I signed up to do that kind of in my, well, I have some spare time, what can I do? And, you know, I. I knew I, it was gonna feel fulfilling in some way, but yeah. what I didn't realize was I was like, "Oh, this is all I you know ever want to do you know again <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for the rest of my life." And I love it. Um, I I am you know very lucky and privileged that my husband is in a position where you know he can support our family right now. Um, so I have you know had the opportunity to. Um, I volunteer both with NAMI, also with um, Postpartum Support International. I had significant um, postpartum mental health struggles. Um, so I mentor um, a new, new moms um, as well. That's something else I do. Um, and then I've started recently getting into kind of the online mental health and autistic communities on Instagram, um, kind of reaching out there. But yeah, trying to figure out um, education, and then my big thing, my biggest thing is accessible mental health. Okay. Um, I think that you know professional therapy is great. all of the professional resources great, and they're not accessible to a ton of people for yeah, most of us yeah for for mm-hmm. money reasons, for insurance reasons, for time reasons, for providers aren't available reasons for providers in rural Kansas don't want to talk to, you know, LGBT people, you know, for, you know, any, any number of reasons, um, a lot of the professional help is not accessible. And so I, I've run into a number of people who, you know, I, for many years, my advice was always go to therapy. It's really helpful. Like just go to therapy. And, you know, after running into so many people for whom they couldn't just go to therapy or who they yeah. tried to go to therapy and therapy didn't work. We know that a lot of traditional therapy doesn't necessarily work for neurodivergent people. You know, it's not the right strategies for them. Um, yeah, have kind of really pivoted into how do we do mental health resources excessively? How do we make them free, how do we make them widespread, how do we make them, you know, self-taught, like it's not useful to just tell someone, go do self-care, like, you know, just, just breathe, you know, like, okay, (laughs) that works for like 1% of people to just go breathe,
0: right? I was breathing Um, my whole life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, (laughs) Yeah, so I guess long story short, um, that's that's where I'm at now, and it's it's really nice because it happens on my own schedule, um, so I can be really you know um, aware of my needs and my energy levels. Yeah. Um, but it's also something I'm hugely passionate about, which I think um, you know you mentioned kind of at the beginning that. A lot of the people you're talking to end up finding something that they are doing that they love and think is really important and I think that you know makes it so much easier to do day in and day out when you know what you're doing is important and you love that you're doing it
0: yeah yeah absolutely I think I think, think, go ahead. I think
1: uh, one of the things that got me through when um, when therapy was inaccessible for me was, I, and this is so counterintuitive, but somehow it worked for me. I, um, I volunteered for, uh, to be a crisis counselor for the crisis text line. And mm-hmm. I did like their 40 some odd hours of training and learned how to, um, how to be empathetic via text. Mm-hmm. And it taught me so much about myself yeah. that I got so mm-hmm. much out of my two and a half years there just yeah. just being in a space helping people helped me more than more than any other therapist ha- ever had
0: yeah yeah that's interesting good
1: in a similar vein
2: um i think trying to learn how to parent kids did something <laughs> similar in terms of teaching teaching me patience and empathy and you know really looking at People talk about how autistic meltdowns and tantrums aren't the same thing, and what I've found with my kids is that like any time in my brain that like I'm saying they're tantruming, if I take a step back, I'm like, they have an unmet need. There's a there's an unmet unmet need here, totally. and that empathy for them, that ability to be like, they're not doing this because it sounds fun and exciting. Right. Like they let let me almost do the same thing to myself and go no I have
1: unmet needs too like yeah. I'm not throwing tantrums um, nice yeah.
0: yeah that's huge that
1: is awesome I've heard it said they're not giving me a hard time they're having a hard absolutely. time absolutely
0: yeah. I remember when our kids would like I mean they didn't they didn't generally have tantrums but like every once in a while I'm just like you know do you just need more attention and they stopped and they're like yes yeah and i did so i was like i gotcha you know like and it was it was so interesting to to like that's exactly all it is yeah so that's i mean no i mean maybe not for everyone (laughs) in every moment but you know like
1: (laughs) yeah
2: it's it's it is hard to actually make happen but the the concept
1: behind it does feel pretty simple yeah yeah what Yeah. yeah what do they say um Life is simple, not easy, but simple. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, and it's funny because the stuff you guys are both talking about—it's like life is, like in in like with your kids and and like with you with the um, uh, the crisis text line. It's like you're learning from the things that are surrounding you, and that is how life works. It's like it's always there it's always you know and it's like and if we aren't able to look at ourselves it's like then we'll just do whatever's around us and then we start learning learning around us for the things that we need and it's just like it appears and it's always there it's just yeah simple but not easy yeah so i like that and that's yeah and that
2: that goes back to the whole growth mindset thing right like if the world is always around always available to teach us and if you're open to that and you know you're looking for it you grow and change you know in response to your environment and i think that serves a lot of people well
0: yeah
1: i think so too Mm -hmm. um so let's wrap up with um with some advice uh i would love to um have our listeners have some advice from you kim what would you say to someone who either just found out um that they're autistic or they're autistic and they're just going into um, the the workforce what would you say to them
2: yeah i mean i think we've talked about a few things kind of sprinkled here and there um but i think kind of the most important ones is figuring out what your needs are and then figuring out how to advocate for them you know you you know yourself better than anyone else or you know and at this point you're learning more about you know even more about yourself um and it's you can figure out things you know maybe it's the lights maybe it's taking breaks maybe it's working from home maybe it's getting your criticism delivered you know via email You know, how, however it, it works but um taking some time to figure out the things that um drain you in the workforce that make you know yeah. what are the days that are really hard what do those look like And what are the days that energize you? Like, oh, I got to do more of this type of work. I didn't have to deal with this person, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Um, and, And figuring out if you can structure, you know, some of your work around those, you know, pros and cons. Not even necessarily making it a big deal, but just knowing, you know, one thing for me, if I needed to have a super productive day, I always had a special breakfast because it just put me in the right mindset and it wasn't it wasn't the sort of thing that I necessarily wanted to go out and spend money on every day but if I needed to like get in the right mindset figuring out those little like things that kind of work for you I think are essential and then figuring out how to kind of advocate to get those those needs met um even if they are little things
0: So what was the breakfast? I want to know this. Oh yeah, the breakfast.
2: Breakfast of of champions. Yeah. Uh, So we had a we had a a cafe um, at the top floor of our building, um, which is nice because it was kind of like in this downtown, surrounded by water. It's Seattle, so there's you know water everywhere. Um, But they made they just made breakfast sandwiches, and you could kind of get them custom made, like egg or sausage on you know a, a. bagel or a uh, english muffin or whatever and so um they would just do kind of custom order breakfast sandwiches and
0: coffee yeah so something Delicious. special something different yeah that's awesome yeah just, i love it yeah and good advice too yes. thank you very much for being here with us today kim we appreciate it
1: thank you so much we thank you for
2: here. having me i had a great time chatting awesome yeah us
1: thanks for joining us today we had a great time if you did too uh please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you just heard us on
0: if it allows and if it doesn't allow just uh sing really loud or do some smoke signals or Ooh, share music. us
1: with your friends
0: oh that would be nice of you yeah we would like that thanks again everybody
1: have fun